Welcome to the Heal and Expand podcast. I am your host, Yaro K. Bukans, clinically trained therapist, healer, and personal power mentor. In my world, healing is the gateway to expansion, and your personal power is gold. Join me on a journey through the holy trinity of healing, psychological, spiritual, and somatic, using a combination of storytelling, psychoeducation, and ancient wisdom we will excavate and explore what it means and how to heal and expand. Thank you for being here. The activated inner child. My goodness, is she a treat? And I will say she because I identify as she, her. So throughout this, just, you know, I will use she for the activated inner child. She is... Oh, she will run the show forever and ever and ever and ever and ever until you attune to her. So let's break this down a little bit, shall we? We all have an inner child or a younger part of yourself, as Dr. Gabor Mate likes to say, because he does not like the term inner child. And I could see why. I used to hear this term and I would poo-poo it all the time and I would kind of roll my eyes and I would make fun of it. I was not very gentle with myself in a lot of ways. And I know that I have skipped a big part of my story. However, as I'm moving through doing this podcast, I'm really feeling into what is alive for me in the moment. And right now it's the activated inner child. And since I'm recording this on Halloween, it feels very appropriate. Not that Halloween is totally a child's holiday, but it brings out that inner play in all of us, right? And a lot of it is associated with children. So let's talk about tiny yarrow tiny yarrow has so many needs and she always had so many needs and i avoided neglected and denied them i didn't realize that i was doing this and because i was doing this i did a lot of seeking saving so how did this show up in my life we will get to but let me tell you a story about how i got in touch with tiny yarrow I was in my Dr. Gabor Mate compassionate inquiry training, and I was doing a triad. So we would practice on each other once a week. I had, we had little groups, either a triad or a dyad, and we would practice the method on each other. And I was working with someone and she was guiding me into my body. And she was like asking, you know, where that was in my body. And I was saying, and then we got to tiny arrow and she said, well, what does she look like? And I said, well, she's, and I said, she's reaching up and she's grasping at me and she just needs. And she said, what do you want to say to her? And I said, I want to say, shut the fuck up. You need a little bitch. And I clasped my hands over my mouth and I was like, that's how I've been speaking to tiny me for my entire life my entire life. I have been saying, shut the fuck up, you needy little bitch. Now, Tiny Yarrow is two. How do you think a two-year-old is absorbing, shut the fuck up, you needy little bitch? She feels scared. She feels activated. She doesn't feel seen, heard, held, or attuned to. And attuning to children is more important than loving them. Love and attunement are not the same thing, which I tell my clients all the time, because a lot of times when we're working with childhood trauma, we tend to get, feel very guilty because we don't want to blame our parents. 
not everyone feels that way, but it is a common feeling, right? They did the best they could. They loved me so much. All of those things may be so true. And it does not change the fact that there is a tiny child inside of you who did not get attuned to. And let's talk about this for a minute. Babies need so much attuning. They need so much love. They need so much care. They need so much tenderness. They need so much attention. They're graspy. They have a lot of needs. And most all of us were not properly attuned to. This is because we live in, a, in an addicted and traumatized world. So our parents are addicted and traumatized and their parents were addicted and traumatized. The addiction gets exorbitantly worse the farther we go in time, especially with technology. However, there were addictive behaviors always. There was a lack of connection. There was a lack of attunement. Once upon a time, and Dr. Gabor Mate speaks about this a lot too, in tribal cultures, babies were just passed around from one regulated nervous system to the next because people were very connected to the earth. Their bodies were very connected to being, right? Not doing and hustling and overworking and perfectionism and all of that, like that rigidity connected to being. And that is very soothing for a baby, right? Like a heartbeat. I always think of it like hands over your heart, hands on your chest, just, you know, patting a baby's back like a heartbeat. And I'm kind of doing that right now. If you want to do that with me, just stop for a second and bring your hands to your chest. It's called like the butterfly, like you hook your thumbs and you bring your right hand over your left and your left hand over your right. And you just kind of alternate patting, breathing deeply into your body and it mimics a heartbeat. Because the baby just needs to know the baby is held, the baby is attuned to, the baby is safe. Again, it always comes back to safety. So in that moment, as I was calling my inner two-year-old, who, by the way, was the cutest little girl in the world, some of you may have seen photos of her on Instagram. She is like just a doll, literally. And I was calling her a needy little bitch my entire life, my entire life. And in that moment, it was like a movie montage, you know, where I could just see all of the ways that this had played out in my life. I could see all of the ways that this had me like grasping and seeking saving in a multitude of capacities and ways. I don't know if capacities was the right word there, but a multitude of ways. This little girl, she just wanted to be validated and held. And that is anxious attachment, as I was talking about earlier. But excuse me, when I really recognized that I did not want to be relating through anxious attachment. And I broke up with my lovely boyfriend and I started my wild journey with the DJ. It didn't mean the anxious attachment was healed. It didn't mean that tiny me felt attuned to. It just meant that adult Yarrow very rigidly rejected anything that made her feel that way. However, it still came out sneakily. And what I would do is I would attach onto a friend or someone who would just listen to my obsessing. And I would obsess and I would analyze and I would judge and I would loop in circles in my mind. And I was doing all this yoga and all this meditating and all of these body centric things. And yet my mind was so rigid that I was not fully dropping in. 
I was in these yoga practices and I was still so activated. And that goes back to kind of where we ended like the actual journey here when I entered Bikram yoga teacher training and I went into, I moved to LA I started Bikram Yoga teacher training and like the level of activation, there were like 300 of us all activated, all of our defenses just flying everywhere. And it felt very raw and very messy and very unhealed and unhinged really. However, the yoga is extremely healing. So it was contradictory because on one hand, the yoga was extremely healing. On another hand, there was this level of activation in the community that I knew in my body was not right. And I stayed, it kind of pushed myself a little bit away from it because it felt so, I'm very sensitive. This probably doesn't surprise anybody, like energetically, just very sensitive. And it felt very like in my body. And yet I loved it. Many, many facets of it. There was such an addictive quality to it. And there was such an avoidance because we would do yoga for so many hours a day. And like, how do you live if you're doing yoga like three, four or five hours a day? It's impossible. And then I'd be so tired and wiped out from the heat. And I'm a projector in human design, which I wish I knew that 20 years ago. And projectors, you know, they have to rest. That's like a part of our nature. And that makes so much sense for me because I have always been someone who needs a nap, needs to rest. I can't just keep going. I don't have it in me. And now that I know this about myself, my energy, I'm able to really monitor my energy much more closely in a way that feels very nourishing for me. But here I was, and I was 26 years old, 26 years old, and I was 26 years old, and I was in a room of 300 people doing hot yoga and Bikram screaming at us. And it was a lot. It was just a lot. And from that point, like I knew that I was on this healing journey. I knew I was writing. I started teaching yoga and they're just, that all went for a long time, you know, until I had the revelation that I wanted to be a full-time healer and we'll kind of get to that later. But in that moment, when I recognized the ways that my inner child had been running the show, I was blown away. I could just see it. I could see all the ways she had tried to hide under someone else's wing, how she had tried to make her life fit into someone else's, how I had not stepped fully into my leadership, how I had been hiding and denying and rejecting parts of me because they felt shameful, how I had been neglecting this tiny little girl. And so in that moment, I just held her. And I loved her and I attuned to her and I showed her that she was safe. And the more I did this, the calmer I felt in my own body. And here's the thing. And one of the reasons that I brought up my Bikram yoga teacher training in the first place is that when we're talking about nervous system healing, we tend to focus on somatic practices. We tend to focus on breath work and cold showers and yoga and meditation and toning the vagus nerves, chanting. And these are all things that I do still to this day. And what we miss is when we have a dysregulated nervous system, we have an unattuned to inner child and we cannot fully regulate and feel embodied until we attune to our inner child because she is activated. And the reason I brought up the Bikram community is that 
yes, we were doing all of these practices and everybody in there had an activated inner child. The defenses were off the charts. The addictions were off the charts. The maladaptive thought processes and like the, the rigidity and control and just all of these things. And that comes from not feeling fully safe in our bodies, which comes from childhood trauma. And so the only way to shift that, the only way to actually fully heal the nervous system is in relationship and in relationship with another person, co-regulating, co-regulating with another person that brings you back to self-regulation with you. And co-regulating with that other person allows you to bring forward the inner child so that you can hold her and attune to her and love her so that you feel safe to be your adult self. Now, what are some of the ways that this might show up? This might show up in the way you get triggered and activated by your partner. You know, like it's never about the dishes, we always say, right? Like, how does that make you feel not seen, not heard? How does that go back to the dynamics in childhood? What is the emotion there? Do you feel scared? Do you feel angry? Do you feel sad? Like what happens for you if around the dishes, around the housework? It could show up in your partner in the ways that, you know, they don't look at you the way that you feel like you want to be looked at. It could show up and then we get activated and we get triggered and that's our inner child. Our triggers are always historical and we make them about the present moment and we get very like when there's a situation happening and your response is not in alignment with actually the situation, it's a trigger. When you feel pulled and you can't stop and you get kind of graspy or you get really avoidant or really angry, you're triggered. Sometimes that means someone crossed your boundary, but that also goes back to childhood and how you don't feel safe to set your own boundaries. That's something that's been coming up for me lately where I'm feeling angry because a boundary is crossed and I'm recognizing ways that I have not set certain boundaries in certain ways. And that is another episode. We're working with the activated inner child. This also might show up at work, right? So like you're at work and you know that you have something to say and maybe you don't say it because you feel scared. Your adult self doesn't feel scared. That's the little child inside of you. Maybe something happens at work, you get an email and it feels harsh or curt or something and you get like triggered or activated by that. Now, here's the thing, your perception might be right. It might be curt, it might be harsh. However, as an adult, you don't personalize it so much. When you personalize it, it's that activated inner child within you. Even if you have a personal relationship with someone and you read a text message in a certain way, if you're personalizing it to the point that you're feeling triggered, that's the little the little you, tiny you is getting activated and tending to tiny you is everything. And so the ways that this showed up in my life were extensive. One of the hugest ways was that I ran around in my thirties in New York city, seeking validation from everyone about my romantic relationships. And this kind of goes back to like me always feeling like a wild animal and not trusting myself there, not just being with okay, here is the connection that I have. This is what it is. And I'm just going to trust it. And I'm going to allow it to transform me. Instead, it was like grasping on for people's approval because I felt from society's view that I had to be doing certain things. I had to be acting in certain ways. I had to be leading my life towards, you know, a certain way of living. And when I'm saying that, I'm saying marriage and children, but I never fully wanted that or even believed that, but because we are tribal creatures, because we are attachment-based creatures, which goes back to the inner child, 
I still had an unconscious drive inside of me that that was what I needed to be creating. And so it had me abandoning myself. It had me abandoning who I am within me. And I would get into these situations and they were, I mean, situationship is really the right word for a lot of them. And I would overanalyze and I would obsess. And there was this like need and this grasping and it it was all just perpetuating disconnection from myself, from the person in my life. There was, there's like, I talked about that triangulation. There was always like me and the person and another person. There was that judgment that needed to be healed. That was all coming from tiny me. That was all coming from the little girl inside of me who just needed to feel safe. And I can think back to the ways that I abandoned and neglected and didn't honor myself for years upon years because I was seeking safety and seeking saving in other people, either in a man, I would like to say boy here, but I will say man because I was in my 30s, or in the ways that the women around me, my friends, or people who definitely did not deserve to be hearing my story, women at the yoga studio where I taught, I just wanted validation because I wanted to feel safe. And when I connected with Tiny Yaro in that session, when I saw how activated she was and how graspy she was, and I was able to just be with her and hold her and remind her that she's safe, everything shifted in my life. Things have happened in the last couple of years that once upon a time, I don't think I would have made it through them because I would have personalized them so deeply. And this happens in my business now. Things happen and I'm able to move through them with grace and with ease. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It just means I don't get triggered. I don't get activated because I have tended to tiny me. I have felt the pain that needs to be felt and I have been with the shame that comes up from looking at the ways that I was neglecting myself and how it showed up in my life. Do you think it's easy for me to look back at my 30s and go, oh my gosh, I was living through the lens of an activated two-year-old. I have this one memory of being in grad school and feeling activated and not knowing to just, you know, hold my mouth shut and just be with what was happening in class. And instead I'm like going on this tirade. I I remember it so clearly. I went on this tirade. I don't even know if I was making sense. I was the maladaptive coping mechanism of needing to be right was so activated. And I was just like, I can feel it in my body now when I talk about it, I can feel it. And I remember looking over at a couple of women and and them kind of looking at each other and like, I think rolling their eyes. I'm not really sure. I'm actually friends with both of these women now. Um, And just looking back at that and going, yeah, I was annoying. And I was annoying because there was a tiny part of me that was activated who needed to be right, who needed to be the know-it-all, who was an only child and kind of princessy. And I wasn't tending to her. I was neglecting her. And so I was like, give this vision of like being disconnected from my body and hypervigilant for how other people were perceiving me, right? Like always trying to manage the perceptions of others and yet also needing to be right all the time, which is such an Aquarian trait. 
you all know I hold these things lightly. Projector Aquarius, I hold it lightly. However, there are truths to these things. And so I am an Aquarius and I contend to be a know-it-all and needing to be right was one of my greatest protectors that made little tiny Yarrow feel safe because in a world where things were in upheaval or there was instability, if I knew where things were, if I could be in control, then I felt safe. And so here I am in my grad school program, totally activated, spouting off at the mouth, not knowing when to use discernment, not coming from a regulated nervous system, and people are reacting to that. And I get to do one of two things with that. I get to be like, you know, feel judged and feel angry at them for judging me, or I can go, oh, I'm not coming from a regulated place. Now, a few years ago, when I was in grad school and this was happening, I wasn't coming from a regulated place. I was much more apt to go to the judgment. I was much more apt to feel like the victim. I didn't come from, huh, is my energy neutral here? And that's a really great gauge in your life to look at things through. Is my energy neutral? Do I feel an activation or a charge in my body? And then getting super curious around what that activation or that charge is. Because the thing is, is that we are going to feel emotions. We're human. Bringing them to neutral before we express ourselves is very important. Because it's going to allow us to communicate from a neutral space. And sometimes we have to communicate from a, a place of like, this oversteps a boundary for me and I have to be very firm in how I express myself and that's okay too. However, when we can come from a more neutral place, it allows it to be received by the other person in a more neutral way. It diffuses it. Maybe not, they might project onto you and that's okay too. It takes such amazingly wild that's not really what I wanted to say. It takes such radical honest, amazingly wild radical honesty is really where I wanted to go with that. Self-awareness for us to understand what is happening within our own bodies, our own psyches versus how we're relating with the people in the world around us. And when we have an activated inner child, everything gets cloudy. Everything gets muddy. We are just activated all the time. Now, some people control are so controlled that their inner child is just like in a corner, totally neglected, unattended to, and the control is so big. And you can feel that in a person. It almost feels like they're sucking the energy out of the whole room because they have to be so controlled. I was not that. I was more activated and seeking and reaching for external validation. So the other side of that is being that controlled, having that hyper-independence and feeling like betrayed if they don't have control. This could be conscious or unconscious. A lot of this stuff happens unconsciously. When you are activated all the time, when you are triggered all the time, and you're unable to ground into your body as your adult self, you have an activated inner child who needs attuning to it's not silly it's not woo woo it's actually real because that means that you your childhood needs were not met which again none of ours were and until you attune to that little part of you until you attune to tiny you which came from a dear friend of mine tiny she said once said tiny and then she said her name and I was like oh I love that so cute instead of little me it's tiny me tiny me and until you attune to tiny you 
you will be running around the world activated. You will get triggered by things and it will absorb your energy. It will suck your energy. It will rob your day. There will be so many leaks in your energy because you will be seeking external validation. You will be seeking saving. I am so embarrassed when I think of the ways that I sought saving well up into my 30s. I can really see it clearly in that moment when I connected with Tiny Yarrow, I was like, oh, there it is. And it literally was like a movie montage and all the scenes flashed through my eyes. And I was like, yeah, yeah, there she was. There she was. She was just running the show, silently, unconsciously running the show. And I was doing all this healing and I was doing all this work. And I was like, why can't I get there? Why can't I get there? Why can't I get there? Well, because you're functioning through the eyes of a two-year-old and you don't even know it. And when you don't know it, when it's unconscious, when you avoid it, deny it, neglect it, then those triggers and those activation points are that much stronger. And they run your life. And they affect your ability to step into your life as a leader. So I'll use some examples. If you're a business owner, do you struggle to show up on social media? What happens when you think about showing up on social media? What happens when you... Go to speak up in your life with a partner, with a friend, at work. What happens when you have to look at your finances? Do you avoid? Do you attach? Do you go into panic? Do you go into scarcity? These are all children parts of you, little tiny yous who are not scared to be the leader, the adult in your life. And there is such a negative connotation to being the adult. But let me tell you, being the adult simply means that you are a leader in your life. You are in the power position in your life. Why wouldn't you want that? Why would you want to be dependent upon someone else? Why would you want someone else to be guiding you in your life? Oh, I will tell you why, because you have an activated inner child. Or are you so rigidly controlled, so rigidly overly independent, so perfectionistic that you actually cannot be guided? This is two sides of the same coin. This is an activated, unattuned to inner child. One side of it, we seek saving. The other side of it, we are perfectionistic, people-pleasing, overly independent, and avoidant. One is anxious, one is avoidant, if we're looking at attachment styles. And both feel unable to just be in their lives, feel unable to be with their bodies, feel unable to fully surrender and to trust. One is so rigidly defended and hyperly and hyper independent. The other is so rigidly defended and anxious and seeking external validation from literally everyone and everything. Both ask you to attune to your inner child and to come home to your body and to be with you. That is really that simple. And it's the hardest thing you'll ever do because we have that level of activation or we have that level of control. It feels terrifying. Like our nervous systems literally feel like we're going to die if we change the way we relate to the world. I remember points in time where feeling like if I didn't get that external validation, I literally was going to die. I was not going to be okay. It felt so real in my nervous system. It felt so real in my body. It felt like I needed it. 
It was a true need. And then I had a relationship that really pushed out that anxious attachment, forced me to be with it because I had no other choice and everything started to shift. And that was actually what led me to Dr. Gabor Mate's compassionate inquiry training anyways. And there was where I got into touch with Tiny Yarrow. I have clients who are hyper-independent and, and controlled and working with that control and allowing Tiny Them to come forward because Tiny Them feels so scared and allowing for deeper surrender in relationship. That also is that attunement that is creating that co-regulation to come back to self-regulation. So is this is a process. It's the process of attuning to your inner child, attuning to little you, tiny you, coming home to your body, showing your nervous system that it is safe to be in relationship with yourself, with others, and with the world. Think about how this shows up in your life. Think about how many times throughout your day you get triggered or activated by someone's reaction. When you're in the coffee shop and someone steps on your foot by accident, what happens for you if they're not sorry enough? Do you have empathy and compassion that life is messy? Do you get totally activated and make it mean something about you? That's tiny you. When you're a leader in your life, like truly a leader and not from an overly independent place, but like able to ebb and flow and be with all things, there's so much freedom in that. I have had some things come up this week in my business that I have had to navigate and I've had to really be a leader in my life in those ways. I've not been perfect. It's a learning curve. And I can see where tiny me wants to come out. And I hold her and I attune to her and I shift. And I, let me tell you, the ways that I'm able to do this now versus previously in my life are extreme. The difference is extreme in such a beautiful and profound way. Once upon a time, some of these things would have taken me out for days. I would have been so scared, so terrified. I would have been like a child trying to run a business. Now, as an adult, as a powerful leader, I'm able to go, okay, this is what it is. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to move through it. And it feels safe in my body. I haven't always been able to say that. And it doesn't mean that I don't have moments where I feel unsafe. It doesn't mean I don't have moments where I go to some trusted key people and say, hey, I'm feeling scared. Can we talk about this? Can you hold me as I work through this? Because that's part of being a leader is knowing when you need to be held. Knowing when you need to ask for support. Knowing when it's okay to open up and be vulnerable and say, hey, I need some help right now because I'm feeling really scared. That is one of the most valuable qualities. And here's the thing, when you are strong, you're brittle, you're holding on, you're white knuckling it through life. When you're powerful, you're able to be with all things and you can only be pow powerful if you're attuning to your inner child. And I mean truly powerful. You can only truly be a leader in your life if you're attuning to your inner child because when you attune to your inner child, she feels safe. And when she feels safe, you can come from your highest, most authentic adult self, most powerful self. And you are so unbelievably powerful if you allow yourself to be. And as I saw Tiny Yaro, and I had that montage run through from my life, really from like my mid-20s to my late 30s, I could see all of the ways that Tiny Yaro had unconsciously been running my life. 
And I had so much empathy for her and so much empathy for me. And yeah, I sometimes when I look back, I'm still embarrassed and it's okay. I can be with that embarrassment. I can be with the shame underneath that because I know that I just didn't know any better and little tiny me was so scared and she just needed to be held and nurtured and attuned to and shown that she was safe. And it wasn't until I showed her that she was safe that I could step into leadership in a fully embodied way. We talk a lot about embodiment these days. You can't be fully embodied without attuning to tiny you because when you're trying to be fully embodied without attuning to tiny you, you're still neglecting and avoiding the deep pain from childhood. And my dear sweet humans, we all have deep pain from childhood. You might think, oh, I don't have any of these big T traumas. Little traumas are like a million paper cuts and they affect the way you relate to the world how safe you feel being seen, being heard. And if you want to be a leader in your life, which we all need to be leaders in our lives, but especially if you want to be a leader in the world, tiny you has to feel attuned to so you can show up and feel safe showing up. Because feeling safe to be seen is one of the most valuable gifts as a leader because you will face criticism and judgment and potential rejection. And it can feel like you're dying in your body when you haven't attuned to tiny you. When you have attuned to tiny you, you can show up. You can be with it all. Doesn't mean it won't be painful, but it won't take you out. It won't feel so threatening to your nervous system. It won't feel like you're going to die. And if you do feel like you're going to die, I promise you, you won't. Find support that allows you to feel safe to step into your next level of leadership. So some ways I want you to look at this is, do you feel safe showing up on social media? Do you feel safe showing up as a leader in your office? Do you feel safe showing up as a leader in your relationship? A gentle leader, maybe of expressing your needs, saying your wants, your desires. Intimately, are you able to express what you want and need intimately? Do you feel safe to go out in the world and relate with other humans and not take it personally? Like for example, if you're in the grocery store and someone accidentally shoves you or someone asks you a question, do you have a reaction in your body? Do you feel unsafe? That's tiny you. Somewhere along the way, Tiny You did not feel safe with other humans, and you have to show her that she is safe with other humans. This is literally the most valuable thing you'll ever do. And I am doing a three-day free day, three, a three-day, a free three-day masterclass called the initiation that helps you initiate. Because the thing in is in our world, we do not initiate. We do not initiate our young adults into becoming an embodied leader in their lives, which is really what adulthood is. And so I'm doing a free three-day masterclass on the process of initiation. Day one is the attunement. Day two, the initiation. Day three, the transformation. And you will learn some of the ways these show up, how to tend to them, how to initiate yourself into being the embodied leader and allowing for that transformation. Because this, a lot of this relates back to our attachment relationships and how scared we feel to release those attachments because there's still a young part of you. This is the other thing tiny you will do is she will unconsciously hold on to sickness, stuckness, brokenness as ways to get her needs met. 
And this can be so unconscious. It can be totally, you could deny it forever. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And then one day through process, you'll be like, oh my gosh, this is the way that I'm staying small because this is how I know to get my needs met, which getting our needs met is directly related to scarcity and survival. So if we feel like our needs aren't met, we feel like we're going to die. We feel like we won't stay alive. And so our nervous system does anything to keep us alive. So you have to show your body that you are safe to step into leadership in your life. So if this free three-day masterclass calls to you, you can sign up for it at my link in my bio on Instagram. I will put the link in the show notes as well. This is the most powerful thing you will ever do is attune to little you, tiny you, and step into being a fully embodied leader in your life. As always, reach out with questions, spend time with tiny you today, maybe get a picture out of him, her, them, maybe create a ritual, do that butterfly tapping. So hook your thumbs and your right hand over your left chest, your left hand over your right, and just rock back and forth and just showing tiny you that she's safe and she's held and she's loved and she's attuned to, and you're there with her at all moments of every day, noticing when you get triggered, coming back to your body, back to your breath, back to tiny you, and learning to be and to feel safe in your body, to feel safe, to just be safe that all is well, and you will receive. As promised, we are going to draw a winner for Mastering Abundance on the show today. So let me swirl my names around. I know you can't see me. And I'm going to pull a name. And the winner is Carolyn Kane. Carolyn, congratulations. Thank you for spreading the Heal and Expand podcast. And for those of you who are listening, please keep sharing, please review. This is how we spread the word of healing and expanding. This is how we create a new world. So thank you all for being here. It is such an honor and a privilege to be hosting you and guiding you on this journey of healing and expanding. And I will see you all in the next episode.